You're listening to UX Podcast, a monthly podcast from Stockholm, Sweden, with James Royal Lawson and Per Axman, moving the conversation beyond UX. Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of UX Podcast. And um, I'm James Royal Lawson. And I'm Per Axman. And um, today's Tuesday, the 10th of April. We're in um, to the post-Easter shortened working week. And here in Stockholm, to give you the weather update, it was almost as usual, we've had a lovely Easter with um, lots of sun, not too warm, but now it's grey and mm. chilly, and, and it goes through to your bones and it'd be cold. Mm, yeah. It'd be nice to have spring now. And I, I just read in my RSS reader this morning that uh, Instagram has been bought by Facebook. Oh, don't start me off on mm. that. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. Oh, no, no, no. But I that will, will probably be, be part of our next episode. Yes. And uh, today, we're actually... Uh, publishing an interview we've done uh, with Rafael, uh, the CEO of Fengui, Rafael Misrahi, I hope, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and he's been a good sport. Uh, I, I had a, a blog post, we mentioned this before, out about uh, Swedish banks and I used Fengui images. What's Fengui? Fengui is um, for those people who don't know. an automated uh, tool for finding what areas of interest or uh, what people are looking at on a on a page that you upload basically a picture an image of a of a website if that's what you're testing, and you, it gives you back uh, images that tell you what what are people looking at on this website what's grabbing attention attention simulation tool attention simulation tool thank excellent you. thank you <laughs> we're trying to avoid the word eye tracking here uh, and uh, <laughs> after listening to the interview you'll you'll understand why. And uh, so Raphael uh, t- wanted to talk to us, we wanted to talk to him, and uh, uh, we've been trying to get this interview uh, happen, and uh, finally we did. <laughs> Thanks to lots of time zone changes at this time of year. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, without further ado, I think uh, here is Raphael, and uh, here is the interview. Cue jingle. Hello. Hello, Raphael. How are you? Hi, Per. Good morning. Hey, morning. Hi, good morning. James Wallace here as well. Ah, hi. Hi. Let's do it. Uh, So basically, this all started um, when I wrote my blog post about uh, Swedish banks, and I used uh, Fengui just to illustrate some of the points I was making. And then the debate really sparked uh, around why are you using Fengui, because that doesn't provide any results that you really can use as a UX designer. And Mm -hmm. so I thought, uh, well, I've been using it for a while, and I've found it useful for, for some tasks, so... Uh, why not dig deeper into this? And uh, I emailed you, and uh, I got some responses. And then you you said that you would uh, do the podcast with us, which was awesome. So uh, I thought we'd just start around where, what's the tool about? How did the company start? Uh, how did you get the idea for using uh, providing this online service? And when did you really turn turn towards the testing websites as well? Because I think the tool was more for testing ads in the beginning. Am I right? Okay. Uh, no, it goes way far beyond that. Uh, okay. uh, it, for me, it started uh, over 10 or 15 years ago um, as, a, as a, a vision of creating a tool for designers that will help them develop better, better looking, uh, uh, not advertisement, but, but uh, visuals. For example, if you want to change a layout 
uh, of your elements, uh, let's say within a, a window dialog or or within a, a composition of of uh, in a freehand or or Photoshop uh, image. So my my for me it started as 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 a person with. Uh, uh, personal attraction or, or personal uh, sense, which is higher than, than other people towards uh, toward aesthetics and, and uh, visuals and what appeals the eye and what doesn't. And whenever people are saying that something doesn't look right, uh, I'm more able to to uh, to say, hey, here it's not aligned here, or maybe the font here is too big. So mm -hmm. I had this attraction for toward aesthetics way. Uh, since since uh, I remember myself, but ten years ago, I started researching this uh, field of uh, uh, how people are are seeing things and also learn about uh, dynamic composition and how uh, what do we find attractive, not just to be attended to, but how do we find uh, something as attractive? Uh, for example, like golden section rules, and um, um, it doesn't have to be a, a linear, it could be a spiral uh, a, a harmony of composition of between elements. And uh, if, if we're going to move forward in time, uh, about five years ago, when uh, we started working together, me and a couple of friends, about uh, implementing this idea, it started as uh, realizing that we have to first understand how the eye and the brain are working mm -hmm. and also apply onto it uh, algorithms that uh, will uh, um, estimate how things are being uh, how, what are the things that we find aesthetics or or uh, you can you can divide those algorithms into uh, three sets of uh, of uh, subsets of algorithms in cognitive science it's called uh, bottom up and top down mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, these are just two of them, and, and I refer the third one as a mixture of them. So bottom-up means that uh, you develop a, a computational uh, procedure, uh, like uh, in this field it's called computational attention, like the computer is, is computing what is, uh, predicting what is the attention uh, that people will, will have towards this visual. Mm. Yeah, because and it's stimulus-driven. And bottom bottom up means that uh, you creating a simulation that uh, uh, mimics the way the in in our case the way that the eyes and the brain are working without any context without um, uh, any task without being task driven. So when the the person that told you uh, it's just like asking monkeys to draw to throw a paint yeah. towards paper that that's what i told you it's not far that far from from uh, what's happening over there <laughs> so because because the, the the bottom up and without being without having any context is a simulation of of us as primates as mm. the early vision of of uh, oh, the early stage of vision that's why we're saying that we're compar comparing to eye tracking only at the uh, up to five seconds uh, of, of exposure, not beyond of that, three to five seconds. Mm. That's bottom up. The top down is more contextual, but still not, not far away contextual as, as, for example, search for the Coca-Cola can in this picture or locate the download uh, button. This is very contextual and, and Fengui is absolutely not there right now. That's, that's what we say, uh, knowledge driven. Yeah. Um, exactly. yeah. 
And also, if, if you do the same with eye tracking, you will get, of course, uh, different results. If you give a task uh, to the person before he address the, the website or, or the advertisement, he will react to it differently. And Fengui is, is like a, a not vanilla, but will, will uh, execute the same way every time you, you use it. I mean, it's not, there's nothing random over there. There's no uh, randomization that, uh, or 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 the other way around, a task driven that asks it to to do something, uh, for good and for bad. Uh, well, I mean, with pros and with uh, cons. Um, the third part, which uh, I call it as a mixture of of top down and bottom up, because top down is, for example, changes in in the vertical uh, uh, space. Like if there's a road, and in the road there is a sign, and, and that sign, road sign, uh, is not very prominent in its colors, but it, it is like jumping in front of you. So right. this is something that changes the, uh, it called changes in the, in the vertical uh, space. So may, maybe I, I call it a mixture of, of top-down and bottom-up, because I think it's go, it goes way back to, to the time that uh, us as as uh, animals or maybe uh, or not just animals so as human beings when we see something pops in front of us then maybe it means danger or something to 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 be aware of so that's the third uh, group of algorithms that Fengui implements which are a mixture of bottom up and top down all of them together are combined uh, into those road data that we produce as reports, as uh, heat map, gaze, uh, prediction, and, and the other variation, which are just a different interpretation of the same data. Mm-hmm. Um, and we fine tune those, uh, uh, what, what power to give every sub-algorithm by using a comparative to uh, eye tracking sessions. Um, we're not alone in this field. I mean, uh, up, up until a few years ago, we were, but uh, now we can say that we're not the only uh, fool in the neighborhood that, that does that. <laughs> and uh, uh, sometimes, you know, when, when we get uh, addressed by, by very skeptic uh, people and, uh, and we feel that we even don't want to start an argument or, or a conversation, I, me or, or other person at, at Fengui just gives them links to our competitors. Right. So if, if you really want to uh, learn more about this field, um, go bark at their tree and, and maybe if you will be convinced, maybe uh, you'll find us better in terms of uh, price or accuracy or other uh, service. So, so this field of computational attention has been uh, researched by many academics around the world for for about three decades, and uh, the competitors are of course comes from 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 that field, and the the most uh, noticeable around them are uh, 3M, uh, VAS, the the visual uh, attention service by 3M, the the yeah, yeah. post-it uh, company. Yeah, not just sticking notes; they're they're <laughs> doing you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and from iQuant, which are uh, also led by, by people from uh, Caltech University, which are very uh, highly skilled in this area of, of attention analysis, and, uh, and us, which are the best. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> 
but it but isn't I mean what I found when I I've heard all the criticism is that people are sort of misunderstanding the tool and what it delivers because because yeah, when yeah. you say it it's compared to eye tracking people have an idea of what eye tracking is and this is not really eye tracking but it delivers something that looks similar but it's based on a different algorithm and it's not task based and it's not text based and so on yeah so, you're absolutely right uh, that's something that we're completely failing to 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 do in our website and also the competitors fail to do so and i hope that we will finally address that soon and that's the the way to to first uh, realize the, the 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 customer or the user the end user needs to realize what is the real value of the tool and the other side is how to interpret the results better and what kind of iteration that you can do with those with those results right i think that's 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 excellent because that's that's what we tried to have as a, when we had a discussion before this interview it was something we talked about because I've, um, I've i've been doing eye tracking um for what about three four years now mm -hmm. and I, I remember looking at fengui um I must have been around the same time as I started doing eye tracking because I was I was searching for for cheaper um, you know alternatives because back four years ago it, it was it wasn't possible to hire eye tracking equipment you had to you had to basically own it um, and that was a big investment mm. and I tested Fengui then and it was if I remember rightly it wasn't um, there wasn't an option back then to to, to do white websites there was just a well, you upload an image and it analysed it at least the free version um, and and then now. Um, looking at it, um, you, as you said, you're competing. You've got a lot of competitors uh, within the computer computational um, eye tracking analysis, but it's not eye tracking, and, and I think that's that is one of the problems that comparing with eye mm. tracking doesn't work. But there is a return on investment here, I think, um, and it's a matter of, of of displaying that for people, or explaining that to people. Exactly. What is when can this be used, and mm. what does it give? Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean. <clears throat> From, from one standpoint, uh, uh, us and the competitors likes to uh, say, yeah, if you're looking for eye tracking just for the first three or five seconds, then Fengui is a very cheap uh, alternative for you. Because, you know, some, some ad agencies are only measuring a uh, second and a half in some situation that you maybe drive by a billboard or uh, uh, flipping through ads in, in a newspaper or a magazine. Uh, but but that's that's one way of, of uh, positioning Fengui, and the other way is also the, the the problematic because you're saying and and not just you, everyone else, and and also we understand that that uh, you can't compare it to eye tracking because you don't have first of all you don't get the the, the human feedback that no. companion with with the eye tracking and also the the it's not task driven and and many other things. Exactly. And I think, I think the big aspect will be the, the fact that the Fengui can't read. Um, and even though we're, we're only talking about the first five seconds of, of observation, um, it, when, I, when I've done eye tracking tests, you still see that, that people from, from the first moment start reading things and, and mm -hmm. making decisions, uh, fixation decisions made on their, their knowledge of all the web browsing they've ever done before. They can easily recognize menus or, or logo types and, and so on. And that's much more difficult for. Fengui to, to simulate. Um, but yeah, that, if you're going to have a text at, a, at, the, at the top which says look right or look <laughs> left yeah, or uh, yeah. <laughs> browse below to, I don't know, to be rich or mm. with something with an incentive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> okay cancelled, uh, yeah. for example. I mean, you, you, yeah. you wouldn't be able to see the difference. Mm. <gasps> yeah. 
but those those effects are, are, are less on on printed media and and um, kind of drive-by media um, than then you don't have you don't need to come to the to the party with with a certain amount of baggage. You can just look at it and and um, see what what happens. So I can see. I can. I have. I have. Um, I've. I find it simpler to see the return on investment using it for for non-web, non-digital um, right. situations. Yeah, well, in, into the web we were kind kind of been drawn by by the user itself. I mean, mm. <laughs> at the beginning. I mean, before we started the implementation, my my. In, First goal was maybe to reach out towards uh, CAD and design uh, like things with, when you really manufacture a product that you can hand, uh, that you can hold uh, or or see like a car. But going towards towards uh, that vision of of uh, really integrated into um, uh, design tools like Photoshop or or Autodesk. Uh, along the way, we had to to address few niches that will it will be much easier to uh, to penetrate to being adopted by. And uh, the the ad, the landing page optimization uh, space uh, also draw us into this space. It's not that we initially wanted to to uh, start with this space of of a market niche. Yeah. And of course, according to that, we have to adopt the, the, the features that requires in this area and also position it differently, uh, not comparing to eye tracking. Okay, so I think we um, <laughs> realize this point. Yeah, but, but if, if we are using it for websites, and we actually tried to do a, uh, an example uh, test because we had data from when, when James did a first impression test with eye tracking and we uploaded an image and then we were a bit uh, wary of well, should we uh, activate skin uh, uh, tracking or should we activate text uh, recognition and uh, what's the other one? Face recognition. Face recognition. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. wh what combination should we actually be using and in, in what context or when should we not be using it and when should we be, we be using it? Oh, that's that's very simple. I mean, yeah. uh, we people sometimes ask why is it not uh, automatically activated and yeah. and mm -hmm. we could could be. I mean, it's not a technical problem to activate it or to not. The problem that stands behind it and we leave this option to, to the user is uh, false positive. We don't want uh, uh, the software to, to identify uh, faces when there are no faces. Um, okay, yeah. Of course, if, if the user operates the face detection and still it finds faces where there are no faces, then it's still a problem. But it, this problem can be reduced by, by uh, Giving the user an option not to check those those algorithms that can uh, produce uh, false false positive is is like you find something that mm. you're not supposed to find it. Mm. Uh, and also we have from our perspective, it's uh, reducing the cost of of uh, server-side processing mm. for for us. I mean, it, we we didn't do it because we wanted to 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 save IT resources. It it's initially started because we want to give more power to the user to decide whether to operate it or not and, and afterwards reach uh, better results. For example, skin is only uh, based on, on uh, U-color, I mean on the color, color tones of, of skins. So if you check it and there's nothing with skin over there, but you, might, you maybe have uh, in this picture tones of, of uh, color or skin color, then it will detect it and, and that's also something which uh, should be avoid, avoided. Right. So, so that's the rationale behind it. 
So th that's why we we didn't uh, put them together. If if we would reach to a part that that um, uh, face or text or other algorithms are producing uh, completely uh, or very high rel reliable results, then of course we will merge them into the process, and uh, mm -hmm. and you will not see that you will only use it from the outside. Uh, what we think about uh, for for the future is 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 um, um, adding more features into the AOI report that you can uh, like communicate with Fengui and and tell him here is a face, here is a text, or is here is a button that uh, I'm very interested in in optimizing its area. Of course, we will use certain keywords for that. But uh, going towards the uh, recommendation or, and more interaction with the tool that, that will help you to uh, progress towards uh, the, the next iteration of, of your design. Mm. And hopefully with, with of course, uh, subscription eat all you can model that you will not be able, you will not be forced to think, hey, another, another design that's another two and a half dollars. Mm. Uh, maybe I'll change few variation of the color, opacity, contrast, and and then I will try again. So that's another uh, roadmap that uh, milestone that we want to hit. Uh, of course, uh, <clears throat> so so adding more features toward toward recommendation or toward design iterations, and adding more packages so you can. Uh, use the tool more without thinking about uh, the price. Exactly. And also, I, I think that's something that's missing is like recommendations. If you're testing a website, think like this, like a short video or pop-up boxes that come into play. Because f when I first used the tool, I was, I was really, I didn't know what to check. I was just playing around and I wasn't really sure what would work and what wouldn't work. So I'm looking for like like some sort of guide that will tell me and will also be a, a like a step in the right direction of explaining that this is not equivalent to an uh, to an um, mm. uh, eye tracking test, but it will give you this type of data which is valuable because this and this, uh, which would I think make make a lot more people positive around the tool. Yeah, I think because mm -hmm. it looks. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. I mean, it's very. I really appreciate this this feedback. Thank you very much. Yeah, because because it, it does look so much like eye tracking results. Yeah. Then of course people yeah. are always going to compare it. So I I I wondered whether here's my, here's my little feedback as well. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered whether um, um, having use making more use of the areas of interest or maybe even automatically guessing the areas of interest. And this is not this is not oh. saying a, a heat map and so on, but but. Grouping together like beehive kind of you know um, group together um, fixation points so we can say okay this area got quite a bit of interest and this area got quite a bit of interest and I think then it takes it maybe it comes in from a slightly different angle to what people normally present through eye tracking. Mm -hmm. Okay, that, that's that's another idea like like auto detecting uh, areas of interest. 3M is using something similar. It's called mm. uh, uh, blob extraction in 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 image processing that right. you. Like uh, you take the image, let's say the heat map, you do a binarization of, of above and beyond some threshold, and then you decide, okay, everything above this threshold, I'm gonna group it together, and this is the area of interest that you uh, might be interested in, and they they just create like a round, uh, uh, it's not a bubble, it's like a roundy curved uh, uh, path, 
hmm. or all around areas, and then they say in this area you get this percentage of of uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Toby Studio yeah. has a similar tool as well, where you can automatically group together um, fixations so that this area had so many mm-hmm. fixations. Uh, you mentioned about the results which very resemble um, uh, eye tracking results and, and that's something that we also worked to, to have uh, aesthetically to, to produce results that resemble uh, eye tracking like, like Toby um, eye tracking results so people will feel more uh, uh, maybe more confident of course but more e- uh, What's the word? Familiar. We'll feel more com- comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Familiar, comfortable with the results because mm-hmm. it looks the same. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something that didn't happen by by a chance because we we invested in in uh, towards this direction to make the results more, to resemble eye tracking results. Absolutely, but uh, at the same time as we've discussed that that causes issue that that adds fuel to the the eye tracking versus um, simulated um, eye tracking mm-hmm. war. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh, rather than being a distinct um, tool with its dis- own advantages and own situations where it is actually, it does actually give a return on investment. That's that makes it worthwhile. Mm. Uh, the way I see it, I mean, since I think more and more people are using tools like this, and since it is a lot cheaper than other kinds of testing, I, th- I see a lot of novices and people who haven't done a lot of testing uh, actually just using the tool and drawing conclusions from it but I think there's a big responsibility here that partly you and partly us who are like uh, old, old people in the game who, who uh, need to educate people around well what is this tool really giving you and what, how should you use it because if you don't then it, you're going to get a lot of people using it in the wrong way and that's when you're, you're going to get negative reactions as well mm-hmm mm-hmm so I think that's yeah, you're absolutely that's, right. that's part of why we're interviewing you now and why we're starting to engage more in the, thinking about how how can we use this tool in, in our big tool set as UX designers. Yeah, yeah. when is it right? Yeah, you're absolutely right and and uh, that's that's one of the goals for for this quarter uh, version to to just simply add more content to the website that uh, not just technically explaining that that's the problem with us technical people uh, that that uh, instead of uh, focusing on the value and uh, and on the how, we just focus on what it does and and not uh, why should I use it or or or, or instead of realizing uh, uh, what well, uh, giving a, an example of of uh, showcases of of how to to use it within a page or within an ad, we, we're giving more like do this and do that. I mean, don't use compressed uh, images or rather do wider. So, so we are gonna, gonna invest in, in this area. It's, uh, it's not an easy task for us, uh, but, but it's crucial and important. Otherwise, uh, it's, a, it's a hit and miss. I mean, people are either using it but not, not properly or not using it because they think that it's uh, not doing something which it claims that it does but uh, yeah. we could explain it differently mm-hmm. yeah. I mean under the hood it's a very technical thing that, that this algorithm is doing mm-hmm. but, um, but from yeah. an end user um, perspective it's very simple to use mm-hmm. um, I know there are two extremes yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. okay thank okay, you very great. much guys yeah. thanks very yeah. much for, um, for, for um, calling in and talking to us yes 
Yeah. Okay, thank you very much for your feedback. It's yeah. very important. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. One of the reflections after talking to Abel is, um, is one of the problems where you've got someone who's really passionate about something very specific, something very technical, mm. but yet they have no experience of, of, of products and service design or, um, or mm. website design. And some of the things you mentioned mm. are, are, are cause they're schoolboy errors with, with you know, how you would lay out. Yeah, and, and, and like, like you were saying also about, uh, they were really trying to make it look like eye tracking. Yeah. Uh, like like Toby, and they mm -hmm. put a lot of effort in for familiarity for familiarity, and and uh, that I think that's backfired for them because mm -hmm. it looks too much like eye tracking, and it isn't eye tracking. I think it's backfired for all the four yeah. main tools that, that offer this, and mm -hmm. they're all trying to compete with eye tracking, whereas that's just silly. Yeah, they should be standing on their own feet and 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 being another um, usability testing tool in the in the toolbox. Exactly, because I don't think um, like two dollar fifty. Um, a screenshot. I mean, it's not really that much. Um, the cost of a, the cost of analysis and analyzing that screenshot is a lot more than two dollars fifty. Yeah. Um, no matter who does it. Um, but I think this. I still think there's some use for it out there, but it's just a matter of working out when. Yeah. I mean, since we talked this morning, uh, I mean, I, I'm a bit more skeptical of using it. You mentioned the five second test, mm. which I've used before as well. Mm. Uh, and for those listening who don't know what that is, it's you upload an image and you send out a link to people and have them click on the things that grab their attention uh, the most. Potentially, I mean, yeah. you can set a question, yeah. but you can set a question. Yeah, in this, yeah. when we when you're doing comparison, mm. say with um, Fengui and, and five second test, then you yeah. could do. Um, oh, click on the thing that grabs your attention most, and right. then gather together those results into a heat map or whatever mm. you want to do. And, and again, you need people for that. But mm. I mean, in the end, we're gonna need people to test our, our product. Mm. And and in that sense, I'm seeing well, maybe early, early on when you're doing the first design sketches, maybe you can use Fengui to sort of guide you into well, what where we're we gonna put the most important elements, what colors or. I think he was mentioning that you're changing yeah. like the contrast of stuff. Exactly, right? saying about the aiming the tool at, um, at people who were doing iterations, yeah. um, so you can move on quicker. Mm. But then the question is, if you're if you're experienced, if you're mm. used to this, good at this, mm. then your your previous knowledge uh, from design and from testing mm. is gonna be good foundations for getting it, it quite yeah. good in the first place. It's yeah. Like me and you, if we knock up mm. a, um, a a sketch of a, mm. of a website. It's not going to be completely, you know, completely off the mark um, compared to someone who's got no experience of, of web. Right. Um, so, again, back to the return investment question: what what tool gives you the best bang for the buck? So the basically the only test that's going to give you real results is A/B testing, and even for A/B testing, you need a certain amount of visitors to draw any conclusions because you're sending a lot of people to one solution, one, a lot of people to the other. So you need quite a lot of people to do. Yeah, field testing, yeah. large scale field testing is the thing that's going to give you virtually the best yeah. you know, knowledge about it. You you test, alter test, alter mm. test. You you. Because oh. I've criticized surveys in the past, and I've criticized focus groups. I'm starting more and more to criticize usability testing as well. <laughs> um, See, we're grumpy old men. This is coming up more and more. <laughs> we're actually realizing yeah. we're grumpy old men now. <laughs> and this all came up because people were criticizing things. We, but I'm, I was thinking, well, what tool really gives you confident data to draw conclusions on to to get move on? There's no tool that really does that. Not one it's not time. until it's launched and you're actually seeing people use it in 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 the, in the real world that you're actually seeing how it's being. And then it's not until your first iteration after it's launched. Mm -hmm. 
Because when you launch it, then you don't know what could be better or worse because you haven't changed anything. No, oh, right. <laughs> so it's only yeah. it's only the second. It's only when you change stuff. In then, re- you in the real world. Yeah. then you start to know what. Then you start to know what what mm. was wrong. What mm. was you confirm what you suspected was mm. was wrong. So I'm All kind right. of uh, I kind of like uh, what Jeremy McGovern is saying about ugly websites convert better. Mm. He has an article about that up now, mm. and yes, sometimes it does, and you, that means you can't bring in a fantastic art director the first thing you do because they have a completely different goal in mind mm. with with the site and we're focusing too little as UX designers on the actual money <laughs> in the end mm. on uh, we're not seeing the money we're seeing how people are using it is it easy for them to use okay yeah it is but are we generating any revenue mm. that's the real question and we're we're focusing too little on that as um, mm. well behavioral scientists or whatever <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no yeah absolutely the return of investment. Mm. So, do we have any conclusions, really, from from our talk with uh, Raphael? Um, main conclusion: mm. um, these these um, attention simulation tools. I'm trying to avoid saying eye tracking simulation mm. because I want to I want to help pull this away from yes. eye tracking because yeah. it's a different product. Um, but from these attention simulation tools, um, for print and a non-web, I don't say even I might even say non-digital media. Um, but definitely on web, mm-hmm. then I can see that these are, these would be useful for, for for getting ad copy, ad um, you know, short bought media mm-hmm. better. But for websites, um, you never visit a website without um, you know knowledge, some kind of prior knowledge being mm-hmm. being part of your uh, arsenal of, of uh, weapons that you use to work out what the hell this page is about. How, and how about uh, how about well, there are different types of websites. How about campaign websites that are supposed to be visually interesting and stimulate you? But you're still, I mean, you're, we're we're still second guessing eye tracking itself. I, I I think you could potentially we can get the we can use it for working out call to actions on a page mm. possibly. But again, it, it has not all text types are recognizable. Um, you might be if you're dealing with a, a recognized brand or not. Mm. There's so many different aspects of the of the real world, which this just isn't taking into account. Mm. Um, and in a web context, or definitely like a mobile context, you can't do anything with mobile. We didn't even ask about that, but yeah. I know from the the, the, the ad checking tests I've done on mobile, that's right. how you look at a web page mm. is different. How mm. you interact with it is different on a on a tablet on a on mm. a phone. Um, so, so again, oh, I'm. I'm we're gonna have to t- we're gonna have to try this more and see what I think so as well. In a, in a situation where you you've the budget's not a problem about doing yeah. this as well parallel to something else. Um, I think uh, my conclusion is that when using Fengui, that comes with a lot of responsibility and care. Yeah. Uh, so don't use for it. web. We're talking about now for web. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so don't use it uh, just off the bat for anything at any time. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you really really know what it's giving you. Yeah. Uh, and be careful with drawing too many conclusions from it. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I, I definitely wouldn't feel confident making um, a major um, dis- alteration decision mm. for a web page based on Fengui. I'm thinking about what I was saying about A/B testing, though. Mm. One idea I had was let's run our website through Fengui and see is there anything we could change based on the results yeah. we're seeing in Fengui? And that would be like an input to, yeah. okay, so let's try I'm just changing this area, maybe just based on where people are looking according to Fengui. I like that suggestion. Yeah. I mean, then, then you're using then using this data point 
to well feed into another data point and yeah. bring it out. I mean, that, yeah. yeah, so it's not by itself. Mm-hmm. I think that, that mm-hmm. potentially could be right. Well, that's the same thing as doing a click test. Yeah, you, I mean, you can use those ones then to. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have the ability and the, the volume to do mm-hmm. some decent A/B testing, then mm-hmm. yeah, using all these inputs to help you with that is, mm-hmm. is a good idea. Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not so we're not saying throw this to throw these tools out the window. No, we're not doing that. Um, but we're just mm. saying, you know, as usual, really think about what this is saying, understand what mm. it's saying, and, and um, you know, pick your moments to use it. Yeah. That's advice from the grumpy old man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm James Roy Lawson. And I'm Paxable. And this was UX Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to UX Podcast with freelance consultants James Royal Lawson and Per Axel. For more information or to subscribe to this podcast, visit UX Podcast.